all we know is what God has started. We don't know the end of God. We don't know where God wants to take us. And we don't know what God wants to reveal. And it's a shame that I felt that word just pulled out of my spirit because people weren't receiving. I could feel it's just like the Lord just backed that word off. God's going to have a people, whether we receive it or not. You know, He said, I am the author and the finisher. What God has begun, He will finish. He will finish. And for those of you that wasn't here today, this morning, I cannot tell you the glory of God that came down in this place. It's unexplainable how God moved in this service today. I mean, it's just unexplainable how God revealed Himself in the lives He touched, in the lives He changed. There was lives changed today. There was lives changed in this service this morning. And God didn't tell me what He was going to do. He just done it. <laughs> I mean, he just stepped in and done it. They said, bring me my Bible. I'm going to exhort to you as the Lord will let me. But I'm going to tell you, if we want this, you're going to turn loose of just about everything you've been taught. Because what the Lord's bringing forth, it's not going to line up with what you've been taught, what you've been raised in. It ain't going to do it. Just ain't going to do it. It ain't even going to line up what I've been taught, what I've been raised in. Just ain't going to line up. When the Lord spoke to us in the church in LJ, I guess it's back in 2017. Is that when the eclipse was? 2017, August. Ain't that when it was? August the 18th. And I was on my knees praying in the service. That was on a Sunday. And I think the eclipse was on a Monday. I tell you, God's done so much, I can't even keep track of time anymore. But I was praying that Sunday. And I saw in the Spirit, I saw that eclipse come in. I saw that sun start darkening. And the Lord spoke into my spirit. And He said, All the doctrines and traditions of men that have been preached down through the generations has been in error. Though it might have been in zeal, it might have been in sincerity. He said, There's a lot of things been preached that are in error. And He said, My people believe them. My people have walked in them. Just like the Lord spoke the first morning of this meeting. And he said, the moves of God we've had before, there's been fault in them. There's been fault in the moves of God we've had before. Didn't mean God didn't move. Didn't mean God didn't help us. Didn't mean God didn't minister and help people. But the move God's bringing in now is coming to perfection. It's coming to maturity and completeness in Christ. And what Christ has started... He will finish. Paul said what the Lord has started in you, 
He'll perform the fullness of it in the day of Christ. We're moving into something we ain't never moved into before. I'm telling you, something has changed in this meeting that God is bringing us into a realm ain't no generation ever walked in. And I told y'all, it ain't going to look like Pentecost. Some of y'all going to miss it because y'all expecting a manifestation like the day of Pentecost and you ain't going to see it and you're going to miss it. And then as that, I watched in the Spirit as that eclipse moved out and that sun started shining and the Lord said, I'm blotting out all the doctrines and traditions of men that had bound my people and he said, I'm bringing in new life and new light and new teachings that's going to loose my people and bring them forward. And I'm telling you, people are coming forward. People are coming forward. There's people claim believe in the Holy Ghost. They go to church, they pray, they read their Bibles, but they're bound in religion. I don't care if you get upset with me. I'm not here to pamper you and make you my best friend. I'm here to preach you the truth. I'm here to prepare you for what God's wanting to do in us. And I believe, if I've got my date right, it was the 8th of March, 2017. Matter of fact, I believe it was the very next year on that date that the Lord spoke to you about the course correction. But I'd have to go back and look at my notes. And some of y'all may have the notes on the testimony of Jesus. But I was in L.A.J., Georgia. We got a camper up there that we stay in when we drive up to the church. I was by myself. My wife was at our house in Conyers. I was by myself, and I was sound asleep. Three thirty in the morning, the voice of the Lord walked in my trailer, brother Andy, and blasted in my trailer like a loudspeaker in the audible voice of God, and He said, "The testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy." That's what I heard. You think I didn't sit straight up in bed? You talking about God getting my attention? He got my attention. Revelation, the 19th chapter. In the 10th verse. And I fell at his feet to worship him, and he said unto me, See, thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant and thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That's what the voice of the Lord walked in my trailer that morning and spoke audibly like a a loudspeaker blaring in my trailer. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. I told y'all the other day that there's a difference between the gift of prophecy and the spirit of prophecy. All y'all ever seen operate is the gift of prophecy. 
God's fixing to shock folks. He's fixing to shock this generation. He's fixing to shock your sons and your daughters. When the Lord spoke that, I come out of a dead sleep and sat up, and the Lord started speaking to me. I'm going to Numbers, the 16th chapter. I'm not preaching a word to you that come off the internet from headquarters. I'm telling you the word of the Lord that spoke in my spirit two years ago that started laying the foundation for the outpouring of this spirit. It is now in the process of saturating our very lives. I'm just going to skip around in number 16 because I don't have none of this marked. First verse. Now Korah, the son of Izhar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi and Dathan and Abram, the sons of Eliab, and On, the son of Pelath, son of Reuben, took men, and they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown. And they gathered themselves together against Moses, against Aaron, and said unto them, You take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Wherefore, then lift ye up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord. And when Moses heard it, he fell on his face. And he spake unto Korah and all the company, saying, Even tomorrow the Lord shall show who are his, and who is holy, and who will cause him to come near unto him, even him who he hath chosen, will he come, will he cause to come near for him. This do, take you censers, Korah, and all his company, and put fire in them, and put incense in them before the Lord tomorrow, and it shall be that the man whom the Lord does choose, he shall be holy. Ye have too much upon ye, ye sons of Levi. And Moses said unto Korah, Here I pray ye, ye sons of Levi, seeing it is but a small thing unto you that the God of Israel has separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself, to do service of the tabernacle of the Lord, and stand before the congregation to minister unto him. And he hath brought thee near to him, and thy brethren, and the sons of Levi with thee also, and seek ye the priesthood also. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but when God spoke that to me, he took me right to this scripture. In the Spirit, he took me to this scripture, and I saw Korah, I saw Dathan, and I saw Abithar withstand Moses, and Moses told him, said, tomorrow you gather yourselves together, and the man whom God has chosen, God is going to speak by. I challenge you tonight in the name of Jesus, walk out of this church and tell people that you don't know if God spoke by me. I challenge you to do it. 
There's people walked out of this church in times past and, and said, I don't know if that was God or not. You better watch your words. God has performed too many miracles in this church. He's brought too many prophecies to pass. He's confirmed this word too many times. I remember back in 2005, or it was four or five, I think it was five, that I stood right here and prophesied to y'all and told y'all about the challenger that went up in 1986 uh, that I saw that explosion in the heavens uh, and it wasn't 30 days uh, after I spoke it uh, uh, that God uh, let it happen and come to pass uh, and I think it was in uh, January of 2005 uh, I told y'all I said it's fixing to happen again some of you were sitting right here in this church when I spoke it uh, and one week later another space shuttle exploded coming in for a landing. God has confirmed His Word in this church time and time again. Go ahead and vault yourself against it. Go ahead and bow your back and stiffen your neck because we've entered into a day God's going to deal with it. And when Moses met them three men the next day, they were standing in the door of their tents. Their wives was with them. Their children was with them. All their cattle was around their tents. And Moses looked at them, said, all you people, said, you better get up away from them. You better, if you value your lives, if you value your possessions, you better get away from them. And when them people moved out from around them, God looked at Korah. He said, it'd be a small thing. If God kill ye in a conventional way, so to speak, he said, but God, if God opens up the earth and swallows you and everything that pertains to you and then closes the earth after you, you're going to know God spoke by me. And time the words come out of Moses' mouth, the ground opened up beneath them, swallowed them up, swallowed their wives up, swallowed their children up, swallowed their cattle up, their tents up. They went down in the ground and the earth closed up over them. Those 250 men that had sided with him, fire come down out of heaven and consumed them. Burn them up. Burn them up. And everybody backed away from Moses and Aaron, but the next day they got bold all over again and they come and said, what you kill God's people for? What you kill God's ministers for? And the Spirit of God fell and started a plague in the camp. And Moses told Aaron, he said, you go get a censer, put fire in it, and go and stand between death and life. And time Aaron could get a censer, put fire from off the altar of God in it, and run in the midst of the camp and stand between the people and death and life. 14,700 and something people had already died. And in 24 hours' time, 50. 15,000 plus people were killed by the hand of God. And I saw this spirit of Moses fixing to get on your sons and daughters. I saw this spirit of Moses that is going to be poured out. This ain't some little jerk and shout and time I tithe the Holy Ghost. This is God's spirit of prophecy that's going to be poured out on our sons and on our daughters. Believe it or not, I don't care. They fixing to shake cities. 
days. Uh, they fixing to turn towns uh, upside down as it was said uh, in the book of Acts. These men uh, that have turned our cities upside down uh, have come unto us also. Uh, and it's fixing to happen again. You ain't ready for it. Get ready, young man. I'm talking about young men like you. I'm talking about young men like you, Justin. I'm talking about young men like my son. Some of y'all, the way God ministered in here last night and told you if your kids didn't obey God, that He was fixing to jump a generation and bring your grandkids up. Lord's already ministered to my grandson back here and told him a year ago he was called to be a prophet of God. That's the reason the devil tried to kill him in the womb. That's why the devil tried to kill him. He's called of God. The Spirit of the Lord spoke this morning through Sister Patty and spoke about my granddaughter fixing to turn nine years old. And if I remember hearing you right, God called her forth. God called my granddaughter nine, fixing to turn nine years old forth. And in 1999, I was preaching in North Carolina and I had a dream. Dad, this was, what year did Kristen get married, Lisa? 2006. This was seven years before my daughter ever got married. Eleven years before my granddaughter was ever conceived. And I had a dream when I was up in North Carolina. I was driving down the road in a 1965 Ford pickup, fully restored, red and white. It was immaculate. And there was a young lady sitting on the seat about eight or nine years old, somewhere in there, maybe ten. She was right in that age bracket. And I thought it was my daughter. I thought it was my daughter. And all I knew, that I was driving that truck down the road and there was the greatest uh, visitation restoration move of God uh, that I had ever seen in my life. Uh, And it wasn't until about four years ago uh, that I walked into my mama's house uh, and looked up on the wall and there was a picture of my daughter uh, about three or four years old. uh, And I said, oh my God, that's my granddaughter because they look just alike. Uh, She's a spitting image of her mama. Uh, Twenty years before uh, God bringing this word to pass, I saw my granddaughter uh, riding on the seat beside me uh, as a sign of a visitation uh, and a restoration of the Spirit of God uh, that's now being put into motion. And we want to hold on to religion. Go ahead and hold on to it. You're going to miss this move of God. You're going to miss what God's doing if you don't get flexible. You don't get yielded. You don't come out of your junk and learn to be led by the Spirit of God. The Lord took that right there. He went straight from 16th chapter of Numbers right over to Second Kings. I believe it's the first chapter where Elisha or Elijah spoke a word against the king. The king was sick. Sent men out to go inquire of Baal, whether he'd be raised up or not. And they run into Elijah. And Elijah just looked at him. He said, is there not a God in Israel? Is there not a word of the Lord? 
Let me tell you something. There's a word of the Lord in this place tonight. God has said a word of the Lord in this place through this man right here, through that woman back there. Whether you like them or not, God ordained them to be pastors in this place. You need to get under this word because it's the only thing moving in this area right now. It's the only thing bringing life. You can go have good church, but you're going to find life here. You're going to find deliverance here. And I saw Elijah. He went up and sat on a like a high hill. And those men turned and went back. And the king said, y'all ain't had time to go sacrifice to Baal already. They said, no, we met a man. We met a man. Let me tell you something. I didn't put this call in my life. I didn't put the word of the Lord in my spirit. The Almighty did He said, what kind of man was he? He said, he was hairy. Wore a rough garment. Had a leather girdle about his waist. He said, oh my God, that was Elijah. What did he say? He said, you're going to die and not live. He said, boys, go get him. A captain of that army took 50 men out there and said, Elijah, come down. The king won't see you. Elijah looked at him and said, If I be a servant of the Lord and God be with me, fire come down out of heaven, consume y'all. 50 men died. They didn't come back. Another 50 went out there. The captain of that 50 walked up and said, Elijah, get down. The king won't talk to you. Elijah said, As the Lord thy God liveth, that my soul liveth. If I be a servant of the Lord, fire come down from heaven, consume you. <laughs> Hundred crispy critters on the ground. By the word of the Lord. See, y'all can't imagine this kind of word being in the mouths of people today, but it's fixing to get you sons and daughters. Those that are chosen. It ain't every son, it ain't every daughter, but there's a chosen seed of God that's being brought forth right now that's going to minister this word. And you ain't going to mess with this. So when them hundred didn't come back, that third captain of them fifty, he went out there and I'd see him, he, he, he kind of got down on his knees, said, look, man, of God, I'm just doing my job, man. King wants to see you. Would you? Would you please just consider it? <laughs> Lord spoke to Elijah. Said, "Go with him. Doubt nothing." Elijah went with him. He walked in before the king. He said, "Because you sought of the gods of Baal, you sought of gods of idolatry." He said, "You shall die and not live." Turned and walked out. It wasn't just very many days. The king died. The spirit of Elijah, the spirit of Moses, it's going to be poured out on your sons and your daughters. It's going to be poured out on your sons and daughters. It's going to be poured out on people in this younger generation. Why? It's what God said. I didn't have the understanding of this for another. That was in March. And... That was like the 8th of March, the 22nd of March. We was in our church in L.J. praying. It was a Monday night, and I was down on my knees at a, uh, a bench right on the front. 
And the Spirit of the Lord fell. I think there may have been a prophecy went forth that night. I can't remember. But anyway, the Lord took me out in a vision, and I saw like an open pasture early in the morning, like the sun was just coming up. All I could see was just grass and trees. Just, And all of a sudden, there's a big split come right down the middle of that picture, like a big curtain was torn. And I saw a foot step through that split, and it was Elijah. And the Lord said, the word of the Lord shall suddenly step on the scene. Better get ready. Better get your house in order. Better get whatever's hindering you from being obedient to God and walking with God. You better get it out of your lives. Because if you don't, you're fixing to meet the word of the Lord in Moses. And you're fixing to meet the word of the Lord in Elijah. And when this word speaks, it's going to call signs in the heavens above. It's going to cause wonders in the earth beneath. It's going to speak. There's going to be blood and fire and vapor of smoke. People fixing to die. People want God to reveal Himself. They want to know whether God's real or not. They're fixing to find out. See, this is the, this ain't the kind of God they want revealed. This ain't the kind of God they want to see revealed. Brother Matter, you can't preach like that. What about the love of Jesus? What about all the places in the Bible where yeah, his disciples came to him and said, Lord, the people were offended in thee. What about that straight word that caused people to be offended in Jesus? What about the people that went out, Brother Andy, and said, that man's full of the devil? There's people who thought Jesus was full of the devil. Y'all may think I'm full of the devil. I don't really care what you think. Because what you think is not going to slow down what God's working in my life and what God's bringing forth in this generation. The word of the Lord doesn't been spoken. Well, I'll just I'll show Brother Matter. I'll just go home, stay at home. I won't come to church. I won't serve God. I, I won't do nothing. Go ahead. You ain't going to stop me. You ain't going to hinder me. You ain't going to slow me down. All you're going to do is mess yourself up. You getting mad and pulling back on God and getting upset and not being obedient, you ain't going to hurt me. Because I'm going to obey God regardless. But I saw this spirit. I'm fixing to go to Revelation, the 11th chapter. And I've ministered this word in this church before. I'm just recapping what God is doing. See, this is what God's preparing us for. What you don't realize is the Spirit God wants to pour out is what I'm telling you. It is the Spirit of Moses. It is the Spirit of Elijah that's going to fall on your sons and daughters. Sister Dana, the Spirit's fixing to fall on John Miles. I'm talking about the Spirit that fell on Moses that caused... 15,000 people to die. The Spirit that fell on Elijah that caused a 100 men to be burned up. The Spirit that fell on him that he took 850 false prophets down the brook Kidron and killed them because they ate at Jezebel's table. There's a showdown. When Moses walked before Pharaoh, who withstood him? Who? Somebody tell me. Who withstood him? 
the magicians, Janice and Jambres, magic, soothsaying. When Elijah stood up to Ahab and called him to the top of Mount Carmel, and he said, let the God that answers my fire be God. They said, well, we can do that with our enchantments. That ain't no problem. Trouble was in the presence of the true and living God. They couldn't do it. When they got through, the Lord told Elijah, he said, don't you let one of them go. Take every one of them. There's 400 prophets of Baal and 450 prophets ate at Jezebel's table. Elijah, by the Spirit of the Lord, took 850 men down the brook Kidron and killed them himself with the sword. This is the kind of spirit that's fixing to get on our young people. This kind of spirit fixing to fall on our sons and daughters. This kind of spirit fixing to fall on our handmaidens and servants. I'm telling you, your eye hath not seen, your ear hath not heard, uh, neither has it entered into your heart the power uh, and the unction of the Holy Ghost uh, that is going to be poured out on all flesh and on our sons and our daughters. Uh, and they're going to prophesy. Uh, and it ain't going to be some, yea, the Lord would say that you're the apple of my eye prophecy. Uh, it's going to be uh, judgment. It's going to be wrath. Uh, it's going to be God uh, getting rid of his enemies so that revival and visitation... Uh, can sweep the earth. Revelation 11. So Brother Invader, I don't know if I believe you. You better watch your spirit. You better watch your spirit. You better watch your thoughts. Lord told me a couple of years back. He said, you weigh your words. Before you speak, he said, because I'm fixing to make your words weighty and powerful. Y'all remember that? God spoke to me and said, your words are fixing to become weighty and powerful. You better weigh your words before you speak. Because you speak by the unction of my spirit or you speak when something vexes you about the word or the unction of the Holy Ghost. He said, I'm going to bring it to pass. I'm going to bring it to pass. This ain't nothing to play with. I'm telling y'all, we've entered into a new dispensation. This ain't nothing to play with. Your thoughts are going to get you in trouble. Doesn't matter how you know what I'm thinking. <laughs> Did y'all ever read where there's several different times Jesus perceived the thoughts of their hearts? I remember I was here, man, I wish Sister Gail was here. Because I was in here ministering one night. I don't remember if it was after we left the church or before. But I was walking down the aisle. And I said, I'm telling y'all something. I said, y'all better watch yourself. I said, I can discern your thoughts when this spirit gets on me. And I walked by Sister Gail. And I heard her voice speak right here. And I backed up. And I told her exactly what she just thought. And her eyes got about that big around and a few minutes later, I said, I can discern your thoughts. Ain't that her sister girl? She said, boy, can you ever? You don't hide anything from the Spirit of God. You don't hide anything from the Spirit of God. I can stand right here under this anointing, and I can tell whether you're flowing with me, whether you've got your feet in the mud, whether you're backing up on me, where there's a spirit that's got your mind troubled and you ain't listening. I can tell when you're ignoring me. I can tell when you're trying to block me out. Well, you go ahead and do whatever you got to do. Because you ain't going to receive what God's doing no how. 
you got to let this thing off the chain. Any of you ladies ever do any baking? Y'all know what plain flour is? You know what self-rising flour is? If you take plain flour and you put yeast in it, you can take just a little bit. You put yeast in it, stir it up, it's going to make the whole thing rise. That's why the Lord said a little leaven, leaven at the whole lump. A little yeast will cause the whole lump to rise. You can't mix a little bit of the old with anything in the new. Won't work. Won't work. Mess your bread up every time. And the Lord's trying to get us to turn loose of the old. Because the old's run its course. I'm, I saw that steam, uh, steam engine running down the tracks wide open, and it just slowly run out of steam, come to a dead stop in the track. And the Lord said, that's the old move of God. He said, it's dead in the tracks. He said, I, I ain't going to honor it. He said, it's dead. It's over with. I ain't going to move in it no more. And he said, I'm not going to answer prayers. Because they've rebelled against coming into the new. And the Lord spoke that in prophecy the other morning. You better hear me. I'm telling you, you better hear me. Well, I left this church. I told you there's going to be people in this church that I'm going to come back and minister. And there's going to be new people in here that God's speaking to, God's using, God's showing Himself to be God. And some of the older people that was in here going to look at me and say, Brother Matter, what about me? Why ain't God using me? It's because you wouldn't believe and move forward. you got to believe and move forward, children. That's what God said. We're going forward. This church is going forward. This church is going forward. And if you want this, you will turn loose. Because it ain't what you know. It ain't what you used to know. God's doing a new thing. And you're going to have to let God teach you all over again. And God's people right now are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. They're destroyed for a lack of knowledge. But I'm telling you, the spirit of Moses and the spirit of Elijah and the spirit of Jesus, which is the testimony, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Read it to you in Revelation 19. Showed you the spirit of Moses. Showed you the spirit of Elijah. Now I'm fixing to read to you from Revelation 11. I did not have this planned. Matter of fact, I ain't had none of the services planned. The Spirit of God just sat down on me, and God took us where we need to go. I didn't plan on ministering except one night in this whole meeting. I didn't care who God moved on, what God done. But I sure didn't expect it to be me. <laughs> but that's all right. It's the calling God's put in me. And God is establishing truth in this church in a depth and a realm that's never been established before. And that ain't no reflection on Brother Michael. Brother Michael preaches the truth. And I don't care what you know about this man. I don't care. Bible says, no, no man after the flesh. What you know about him after the flesh, you better get rid of, and you better recognize the position God set him in. Because the Sunday God told me I was leaving here, I called him and Sister Patty up here, anointed him and laid hands on him. I said, there's your pastor's. And before I left here, I ministered to him one Sunday in a service, and I said, you're called to be an apostle. 
And I said, that anointing will begin to come on you. I don't care if you don't like him. You better reverence the position God put him in. Bible says give honor to whom honor's due. And when God puts somebody in a position, you don't argue because you don't like them. You don't get upset because they don't meet your standards. You receive what God said where he said it. And God can do something in you. Well, I don't want to hear so-and-so. I'll go hear that one. I'll go hear this one. But I ain't going to go hear that one. Better get rid of your preacher religion. You better get rid of your preacher religion. Because God said, I set the members in the body to please me. He didn't set the members in the body to please you. He said, I've set the members in the body to please me. I'm going to go get here. One more time. Revelation, the 11th chapter. And I'm going down to the third verse. And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days clothed in sackcloth. And I'm going to stop right there for just a minute. I was preaching in Burnsville, Mississippi, right on the side of Highway 72 alternate that runs right through Burnsville in 1988, had my tent up there. I was walking in the field about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning praying. I had my staff draped over my shoulders, had my hands up across my staff, and I was walking in praying. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, the two witnesses are not two men. He said, they're two companies. I stopped my tracks. I said, whoa, wait a minute now. I said, give me a sign. He said, Moses had the 70 elders and Elijah had the sons of the prophets. I said, good enough for me. He said, it's not two men. He said, it's two anointings. Do I have your attention? Verse 4, Revelation 11. And these are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before God, the God of the earth. You read in Zechariah, the fourth chapter, about the two olive trees and the two candlesticks. And I tell you, these are the two anointings. These are the two anointed ones that stand before the God of the whole earth. And if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. These have power to shut heavens, that it rain not in the days of their prophecies. Have power over waters to turn them to blood and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. All right, now let's go back up to verse 5. And if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. Who did God fight for with fire out of his mouth? Or fire by the word of the Lord? Elijah. These have power to shut up the heavens that it rain not in the days of their prophecy. Who had the power to shut up heavens that it rain not? Elijah. And have power over waters to turn them to blood. Who had the power to turn the waters to blood? Moses. And to smite the earth with plagues as often as they will? Moses. So you have the spirit of Moses, you have the spirit of Elijah, you have the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy, who stood by Jesus on Mount Transfiguration. 
Moses and Elijah, all three of them had the spirit of prophecy. All three of them complete the ministry of the last days. And you're fixing to see the two witnesses, which will be two companies, and it will be your sons and your daughters baptized in the spirit of prophecy that's going to go forth, and they will be God's two witnesses. No matter if you lost your mind, yeah. But I'm preaching God's truth to you. I've preached this before. I've preached this before. The two anointed ones that stand before the God of the whole earth is the anointing of Moses and the anointing of Elijah. When we met back here in October of 27 and I had these ministers back here, if that prophecy is available, go listen to the outpouring of the Spirit, of the Spirit of prophecy from 10, 27, 17. Listen to it. And God said, this night I show you a mystery. And the mystery was that I will pour out the spirit of Moses and the spirit of Elijah on your sons and daughters. Ain't nobody else ever said this. Ain't nobody else ever spoken this word like this. When God speaks to me, I know it and I speak what he tells me. It's right and it's real and it will come to pass. I ain't speaking in generalities. I'm nailing it down. Well, Brother Metter, what does it mean that at the end of the... I don't know what that means yet. God ain't showed me. But there will come a day He will show me. Just like it ain't been that long till I told the people in L.A.J., you know, it talks about an angel coming down out from heaven with a great chain that's going to bind the devil for a thousand years that he can't do anything. Ain't no angel coming down out of heaven with no chain. It's going to be the word of the living God inside the manifested sons of God's ministry that's going to bind the devil and render him idle. And y'all do me a favor. Quit running around scared to death about a computer chip. Quit running around scared to death that somebody's going to put a literal mark in your hand or in your forehead. It's a mindset. It's a spirit that's going to be attached to people's minds that don't believe the truth. It's going to give them a mind. When something is in your forehead, it's in your mind. Your right hand is power. Is there going to be an antichrist? There's already... The spirit of Antichrist in the earth. Will there be a fallen leader? There could be. But there's definitely going to be a beast and a false prophet. And it's going to speak things that people that have received that mind that have not received the truth. Did the Lord not tell us to them that receive not the truth, I'll turn them over to a reprobate mind? That is the mark of the beast. That's the mindset that's going to enter into people. People believe not the truth. They're going to be turned over to a reprobate mind. Well, y'all getting it tonight. It's coming down the pike. But man, when it's truth, it tastes good, don't it, Brother Andy? Anybody receiving this? Y'all understanding this? He said, I'm going to give power to my two witnesses. I'm going to give power to your sons and daughters. And they're going to prophesy a thousand, two hundred and three score days. 
And they're going to shut up the heavens that it rain not in the days of their prophecy. They're going to smite the earth with plagues as often as they will. They're going to turn waters to blood. They're going to speak fire's going to come down out of heaven and consume their enemies. I'm telling you, you ain't ready for this spirit of prophecy. You ain't ready for the visitation of the Holy Ghost. Where it's spoken in Joel 2.28 that it shall come to pass afterwards, saith God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. After what? After verse 225 where he said, I will restore to you the years. After he restores the church. After he puts the church back on the foundation it was on in the book of Acts. After the power and the government of the apostles and prophets is restored. After that move of God. He said, it will come to pass afterwards, saith God, that I'll pour out of my spirit. He ain't going to do it before. We keep wanting God to pour out of His Spirit. That's because every time the Holy Ghost moves and y'all see a young person move or cry or people talk in tongues, y'all, yeah, it'll come to pass in the last day, saith God, I'll pour out my Spirit on all flesh on your sons and daughters. They ain't even nowhere near the Spirit's fixing to hit your sons and daughters. The Spirit of Elijah. Won't believe in women preachers. I don't care whether you believe in them or not. They fix and prophesy by the Spirit of Elijah. <laughs> they fix and prophesy by the Spirit of Moses. Besides that, I'm going to slide a little one in here on you whether y'all can receive it or not. And y'all ever had a dream or ever heard of a false doctrine or an evil spirit or the church is represented by a woman? Nobody? Well, thank you. I'm going to tell you, when Paul made the statement, let the women keep silence in the church and you not uh, usurp not authority over a man, he wasn't talking about a literal woman. He was talking about a spirit of deception. And that woman was referred to as a spirit of deception. And Paul wasn't talking about ministry know-how. He was talking about women be subject to your husbands. You lay women, you just don't up and stand up in the church and interrupt what I'm doing and ask, do, uh, ask foolish questions. You ask your husband at home what uh, what Paul wrote has nothing to do with women in ministry. And the church, another spiritual wickedness that the church has taken in high places, that spiritual wickedness, and has tried to bind down the working of God. Don't tell me God ain't going to use women in the last days. If you don't, how your, how your daughter's going to prophesy. How your handmaidens and servants going to prophesy. Women better thank me for this. <laughs> because I'm going to tell you, a lot of places in the southeast, especially up there where we're at in LJ, oh man, they can't stand women preachers up there. They'll fight you to a standstill. I've had people tell me, I ain't coming to your church. I don't believe in women preachers. And you let your wife and you let other women in the church be used, uh, supposedly used of God. I ain't coming to you Don't bother me. Don't come. Don't bother me. Don't come. You ain't doing me no favors. Just because you're ignorant, bound in religion, go ahead and stay bound. Go ahead and stay ignorant. But you ain't going to stop the move of God. God said, let, every, let God be true and every man be a liar. I don't care what kind of doctrine you come up with. You ain't going to stop the move of God. 
I'm going to tell you, that spirit fell on your pastor this morning, Sister Patty, how God used her and how that anointing was on her. You ain't going to stop that. I used to hear a preacher say, you go ahead and try to stop the move of God when he gets rolled and be like a poodle dog barking at a freight train. Full head of steam. I believe in women preachers. And they'll be prophesying hellfire and brimstone fall all around your ears. Believe in them or not. You not believing in them ain't going to stop them. People not believing in you, Ladane, ain't going to stop you. They ain't going to stop what God's going to work in your life. They ain't going to stop what God's going to work in John Miles. They ain't going to stop what God's going to work in my daughter. They ain't going to stop what God's going to work in my grandson and my son. They ain't going to stop what God's going to work in your grandson. They ain't going to stop it. They ain't going to stop what God's going to work in y'all. They ain't going to stop what God's going to work in you, young man. They ain't going to stop it. Stand on your feet and raise your hands. I just seen the Spirit of the Lord set that on you in a way you ain't never felt it. Hulashak. I see the Spirit of the Lord visiting you and revealing His Word, opening the Scriptures to you in a realm you've never walked in. God places a mighty visitation in His hand on your life, and the Spirit of prophecy shall begin to work in you and move in you, take you into dreams and visions, and you shall come forth. Stay under this leadership. Stay under this word. Stay under direction. And I shall mightily use thee and bring thee forth. Self the Lord. Ha nu Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God ain't set this church here for y'all to come and just believe in salvation. God set this church to birth and bring forth leaders. Somebody got to lead. Somebody got to lead. God knocked me flat on my back in 2014 in the first four months of 2015. And you know why God done it? Bring him forth. Bring him forth. Bring her forth. Bring some of you in this church forth. Because God's got to have leaders. God's got to have leadership. But if you don't sit under leadership, don't get out here and try to lead. Because if you can't sit under leadership, you ain't got no business trying to lead. You know, when you get out there and begin to preach, you're going to want people to believe what you say and sit under leadership. But if you ain't never sat under leadership and subject to leadership, they ain't going to give you the time of day. Because you ain't paid your dues. I paid my dues. I paid my dues. The anointing and the word in me was subject to ministers. The majority of my ministry, but now God's propelling me forward. That don't mean I still ain't subject to the. If somebody speaks to me by the word of the Lord and I know it's the word of the Lord, I'm subject to it. I'm subject to it. I don't I don't bow up. But don't come to me in ignorance. Don't come to me in spiritual ignorance and try to minister to me. I 
One thing, you've got to be in the right place with God to be used of God to start with. Do you all appreciate this word? God is bringing the people forward in a power and an authority that our generation's never seen. I told y'all when I was ministering here, I said, your eye hath not seen, your ear hath not heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man the thing that God has prepared for them that love him. Y'all ain't never seen this kind of spirit following your sons and daughters. You ain't never even thought about it. Why? God kept it sealed. When the Spirit of the Lord fell on me back here on the 27th of October, 2017, and it's about a 20-minute prophecy, and the Lord said, the very first thing the Lord said, said, this day I show you a mystery. This is one of the mysteries of God, that the Spirit that will be poured out on your sons and daughters is the Spirit of Moses. It's the Spirit of Elijah. It is the testimony of Jesus Christ, which is the Spirit of prophecy. Preachers don't preach like I preach. They don't bring out the word I bring out. You know why? God made me different, and he put me in this calling. I didn't put me here. I didn't reveal these things to me. But I'm going to tell you something. When God reveals them to me, I ain't bashful to tell you. I ain't bashful to tell you because I want you to know the truth. Because I've seen too many people sit on church pews and get bound in religion and die. And lose their relationship with God, lose their calling, lose what God had called it. And I'm going to tell you, you might die and you might go to heaven. But if you miss the call and the anointing that God's placed in your life to be a part of the body of Christ and have the kingdom of heaven revealed in you, you're going to be man most miserable. You're going to be man most miserable. Y'all hear me? I ain't worried about going to heaven. I ain't looking to go to heaven. I ain't trying to go to heaven. I'm trying to possess the kingdom of heaven. I'm trying to get Christ revealed in me. Because the kingdom of heaven is within men. You don't press your way into heaven. You don't seek heaven. But the Bible says in Matthew... 6 and 33, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. Luke 16, and I believe it's 16, said the kingdom of heaven is revealed and every man presses his way into it. You can't press your way in heaven. Heaven is not in here, but the kingdom of heaven is. It's the Christ. It's the nature, the mind, the spirit, the characteristics I better not get into that. I'll have y'all so messed up, y'all won't know which way up is. But I might get into it in another service. You know, you can only reveal so much in a service. Give y'all time to go home digesting. Did y'all ever read in the book of Acts? I'll give you the exact verse in Scripture, 1038. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that was oppressed of the devil. Y'all ever read that? Well, the Holy Ghost that was poured out on the on the day of Pentecost ain't the Holy Ghost that anointed Jesus. 
I'll clarify later. <laughs> I'll put it like this, to be continued. This is why people accuse me of preaching two different Holy Ghosts. No, they're just one. They're just one. But see, you don't know how to discern the foreknowledge of God, and some of you don't know how to rightly divide the Word. And that that I was talking about this morning, about the revelation of the Word, people try to put the man Jesus in heaven at the beginning. He wasn't there. He wasn't there. The creative living Word was there in the beginning, but the man Jesus was Oh, Jesus created everything. The Bible said He did. No, the creative living Word created everything, and then the Word became flesh, which made it and Jesus one and the same. But the fullness of it didn't come in until after His resurrection. Jesus didn't come down here as God. He came down here as a man approved of God. He came down here according to Romans 8. And three, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And four, sin condemned sin in the flesh. Hebrews 2 and 14, He didn't come with the nature of angels. He came as the seed of Abraham. He came made like us. Maybe I need to preach that. you got to understand that He came to be the sin sacrifice. His body and His blood was shed to put away all the sins that was under the law. But His soul became an offering for sin to give you eternal redemption that sin and, and, and spiritual death would have no power over you. He didn't just go take the keys of hell and death from the devil. He paid for them with His soul. He paid for them. Read your Bible in Isaiah 53 and 10 and see if it doesn't say when thy soul shall be made an offering for sin. Hallelujah. What does this do? If you come to the understanding of it and the knowledge of it, you can understand the kingdom and the authority of the kingdom. You can understand the authority because... Ephesians 1 and 20 says what he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, set him at his own right hand, and gave him dominion over all principalities, powers, everything that's been created in the world that is, in the world that was, and in the world to come. Whether they be in heaven, on earth, or under the earth, he got the victory over everything. He's God manifest in the flesh now. He's not the, he's not the Lamb of God anymore. The Lamb of God's already been sacrificed. He's still a physical body. He's glorified, but now the fullness of the Father lives in him. For it pleased God that the fullness of the Godhead will do a bodily in Christ Jesus. And that's where it is. That's where it is. The fullness of God now dwells in him. That's his inheritance. That's what he inherited for being obedient. And my Bible tells me I'm an heir with God. And a what? Joint heir. Equal heir with what? No, it ain't Jesus. You ain't an equal heir with Jesus. You're an equal heir with Christ. There's a difference between the man Jesus and the Christ after the resurrection. 
I say I'm going to have to do some teaching. That's all right. I'd rather teach the Word of God and eat when I'm hungry. Seriously. I love the Word. I love the life in it. I love the power in it. Because there's power in this Word. When you get to the revelation of it, understanding of it, the devil won't mess with you. He can't mess with you. Because he knows you've already got power over him. He can't mess with you. But you come to the knowledge of what God's revealing. You come to the knowledge of this kingdom. You come to the knowledge of this outpouring of the Holy Ghost that I'm talking about. You come to the knowledge of this testimony of Jesus, this spirit of prophecy. You come to the knowledge of that and it begins to be revealed in you. The devil will run from you. He'll run from you. Because he knows he can't do nothing with it. Because it's already bound him. It's already stripped him. Did y'all not ever read in Colossians where the Bible says he triumphed openly over Satan? Right in the middle of hell. Right in the middle of Satan's domain after he had paid for our sins, after he had suffered torment for two days and two nights as a transgressor, as a sinner. Read your Bible in Psalms where it says, And the sorrows of hell and the pains of death get hold of him. Go back and read the book of Acts where it says, Thou will not leave my soul in hell, neither will I suffer thy holy one to see corruption. Read your word, study your word. And you'll find out that if the body lays in the tomb more than three days, it starts rotting and it starts corrupting. Because when Jesus wanted to raise Lazarus from the dead, he said, move the stone. And one of the sisters said, well, Lord, it's been four days since he died. He's already rotten and he stinketh. Jesus said, move it anyhow. Jesus wasn't in the tomb three days and three nights. He said, Brother Matt, what are you doing? I'm giving you a lot to think about. Thirty-some scriptures in the New Testament said, The third day I will rise again. If he was in the tomb three days and three nights, he had arose on the fourth day. And he didn't. He rose the third day. Well, Brother Metter, I can take you in the Word, and I can show you where that was a high Sabbath, and Jesus was in the tomb three days and three nights, and then he come out. I said, well, if you do, you're going to make the Bible a liar because it says third day I will rise again. You're in the tomb three days and three nights. You're coming out on the fourth day. He said, no, it ain't. You just don't know how to figure it. I said, man, let me tell you something. I said, I check into a motel, and I stay three days and three nights. I'm checking out on the fourth day. No, you ain't. You're figuring it wrong. I said, you got fuzzy math. I said, I may not be the sharpest tool in the shed and the smartest thing there is, but I ain't dumb neither. Say, well, Brother Matter, how did Jesus stay three days and three nights in the heart of the earth? Because it said he would. I'll explain that to you, too. What do you want? What am I wanting you to do? Study, think, pray, seek. Ask God to open His Word up to you. I didn't ask God for all this. He gave it to me, but He didn't give it to me to keep to myself. He gave it to me to reveal to you. Let me tell you something: the Word of God, when it gets revealed in you, it's powerful. First Corinthians, I believe it's the fourth chapter. I'll have to go back and check it. But it says the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power.
believe it's First Corinthians four nineteen seventeen something like that. It's in there. I'd have to get the scripture. I can't remember exactly. But the kingdom of God is not in word only, but in power. The resurrected Christ that's taken his abode in here, all power in heaven and earth, now dwells in him. Do we have the fullness of it? No. We've received an earnest. We've received a portion. We've received a measure. That's what Paul said. Second Corinthians, I believe it is one twenty two, said you've received an earnest of the Spirit, which is a portion, which is a measure. You've received an earnest. Look it up. Earnest means portion. You go make a down payment on a house or a car, they call it earnest. They call it an earnest payment. You put down a portion. Y'all following with me? So we ain't got the full thing. We got a portion. You ain't got what they got on their Pentecost. Because you didn't live in that dispensation. <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be confusing. I'm trying to show you God's people's just sat in church and took whatever the preacher said. And the ignorance has rocked them asleep. And it's time to rise up and fight. It's time to rise up. Like Joel said in the third chapter, he said, Somebody wake up the mighty men and prepare war. Somebody wake up the mighty men and prepare war and declare this among the Gentiles. God's raising up people that's going to visit the Gentiles. And I'm going to be one of them. You better press to be one of them. You don't want to miss this. You don't want to miss this because there ain't no, there ain't no second go-round. God's going to do this and He's going to do it one time. And you're going to get in on it. Or you're going to miss it. There ain't no do-overs. There ain't no make-up test. You're going to prepare yourself and get ready as God does this, or you're going to miss what you called and chosen for. And there's people will miss. There's people will miss what they've been born for and what the Lord's trying to prepare them for their whole life. They will miss. But it's not God's will. And it's not God's choosing. It's your choosing. It's your choosing. That's the reason the Lord said, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. Choose you this day what you're going to believe. Choose. Make a choice. I was preaching like this in Canada back in the 80s. I went to Canada in 86 and had such a great move of God. I was preaching in a church up there that had a downstairs. The restrooms were downstairs. And the the church was packed. I was having so many miracles and such deliverance. There was people standing in the lobby, and if somebody got up to go to the restroom, they had to go downstairs, and they say, are you leaving or going to the restroom? If they said they're leaving, somebody come take their seat. I prayed for a woman there that did not have a pelvic bone. And God put a pelvic bone in her by a creative miracle. And every time I went up there for years on end, people come out in droves to hear this word. I even founded a non-profit corporation in Canada. And when I walked away from these fornicating, adulterating preachers, them brothers up there that's working with me turned and they, they dissolved the corporation. I had things set up to minister all across Canada with a non-profit corporation. And they tore it up and dissolved it. And it's going to cost them somewhere. It's going to cost them. 
Because we spend a lot of time getting that corporation set up. You just don't set up a nonprofit corporation. Man, it's hard enough in this country, especially hard being a foreigner. Well, we got it set up, and I was ready to. I had a, I had put a tent in Canada to see the, uh, I think it was a sixty by one forty, see the thousand people, went the expense to put it up there, and when they turned on me, they took the tent, all the equipment, and kept it. Because it wasn't worth my expense to go up there and get it. It wasn't worth the fight. I just gave it to him. I just let it go. Because when God gets ready to send me back up there, he'll give me what I need. He'll give me what I need. Am I angry? No, I feel sorry for him. Because some of them going to miss the move and the call that God had ordained them for, that God had brought them forth to enter into. Because when I went to Canada in 86, like I told you all, and I was having all them miracles and the church was packed out, the Lord took me into a vision. I saw myself standing in a wheat field, and the wheat was up to here. And I looked, turned all the way around, Brother Andy, 360 degrees. And I was the only person in that field. The Lord said, I've given you this nation for a great harvest. I hadn't been back to Canada except in 2015. After they tore everything up up there, I didn't go. One in twenty fifteen, went up with Sister Sheila Austin and her husband, and she said, "Now, Brother Matter said, you need to be kind of gentle how you preach, because we're going to preach to the natives, and they don't trust the white man. They just don't trust them." She said, "You need you need to kind of preach kind of gentle." And be easy when you go in there. I said, okay. We went to the church the first morning and got in prayer. The Spirit of the Lord fell on me and we was crying and bawling, squalling, praying. I got up and walked right to the pastor, laid my hands on her and prophesied to her. Stepped in the pulpit that night. She said, then Brother Metter. I said, okay. The Spirit of the Lord fell on me. I said, it might be all right with your government. It might be all right with your customs for y'all to live together, but it ain't all right with God. Some of you committing fornication and living in adultery. You better get it straightened out. There was a young man there that was called a priest that had preached. His wife had died. And he had, a few years later, he had moved in with a woman, had a baby with her, and they were still living out of marriage, committing adultery, fornication, and, buddy, when that word hit him, he plowed that altar. You don't sauce open, sidestep the word of God. And that word started growing. And my wife can tell you all, in three days, we moved out of that church into a gymnasium. And people were coming from everywhere. I was praying for them in wheelchairs. I was praying for them on crutches, canes. God was moving. God was healing. God's delivering. And every time I turn around, they won't know when I'm coming back to Canada. I said, I'll come when God speaks to me. I'll come when God speaks to me. They want me to come to Kenya, Africa. I said, I'll come when God speaks to me. Because the Bible says in Acts 13 that they fasted and prayed. And the Lord took Barnabas and Saul and said, separate them for the ministry that I've called them to. And they were sent forth by the Holy Ghost. When I get sent forth by the Holy Ghost, I'll get something done. Do I want to go? Man, I'm raring to go. 
I may go home, go lay down on the bed and go to sleep at night, but that inside of me may be preaching in Kenya. Because I can't contain this thing's getting wound up and turned loose. I can't contain it. That's why I told Brother Michael the other day, get your passport. Him and Sister Patty go to Africa with me. They liable to get over there and God liable to break some out. We might be over two or three months. I don't believe in spending this money to to do all this flying and traveling, go through all this hardship and preach three days and turn around and come home. When the apostles in the New Testament went, there's places Paul stayed a year and a half, two and a half, and three years. Established churches, ordained elders, and then moved on to the next town when God showed him his through with him. We want to pack a suitcase and go for the seven days and seven nights and call it revival and call it a move of God. Uh-uh. It's fixing change. <laughs> fixing change. God's going to give people burden and they're going to go and never look back. See, some of y'all don't want that. Well, I got too much here. That's what's wrong. We got too much to slow us down, hold us back. Woo wee. It's quiet in here. The move of God that's breaking forth. We've never seen it. We've never felt it. We've never heard it. We don't know what it's going to do. But it is going to change your life as you know it right now. <laughs> Amen. It's going to change your life as you know it right now. If God spoke to some of y'all to break loose and step into ministry or, or get your passport or your suitcase packed and go with me on a missionary trip, you'd tell God, I can't do it. i got too much responsibility here in the natural. I'm too tied down. i got too much I owe for. i got too much i got to pay for. Well, you better be finding out what God called you for. You better be finding out what God's chose you for. You better be finding out what the will of God is for your life. Well, I can't just get on a plane and... Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. may not want to, but you can. Don't tell me you can't when you can. Amen. There was a man back in the 40s. You can read about him. His name was Tommy Hicks. He had some good moves of God, I think, over in London, but he never could do anything in this country. He kept telling the Lord, I want you to use me. I want you to use me. I want you to use me. He never could get a foothold. Even though there was great healing revival starting in this country, he never could get a foothold. And he was praying one day, and the Lord told him, said, pack your suitcase and go to the airport. He said, God, I ain't got no money. He said, I didn't ask you if you had any money. He said, I told you pack your suitcase and go to the airport. He said, well, where do you want me to go? He said, I'll tell you when you get there. So he got to the airport, had his suitcase with him. And this is when you had to walk out on the tarmac and go up the steps to the airplanes. They didn't have terminals. He said, all right, God, where do I go? He said, find a plane that's going to the capital of Argentina. He, walked, he found the plane, walked out there at the door leading out to the tarmac. You know, he didn't have all the security and stuff back then. He said, all right, God. He said, I don't have any money, don't have passport, don't have a visa, don't have nothing to need. God said, go catch the plane. He walked out the door, walked out across the tarmac, started up the steps to the plane. The man coming down the steps handed him his passport, his ticket, 
his visa, and all the money he's going to need to do what he needs to do for God while he's in Argentina. He got to Argentina, and the Lord said, go see the president. The president at that time was Juan Perón. Look him up. His name's Tommy Hicks. He walked to the palace gates. Guard said, what you need? He said, I want to see the president. He said, you can't just walk up here and say you want to see the president. He said, Lord told me come see the president. The guard said, do what? He said, I'm telling you the God of heaven told me to come see the president of Argentina, and I'm going to see the president of Argentina. God said, uh, that guard said, you've lost your mind, man. Tommy Hicks just sat out over on the curb. Wasn't very long, that guard doubled over in pain and fell down. Rolling on the ground pain, Tommy Hicks went over. The Lord said, go over and pray for him. I'm going to heal him. Tommy Hicks walked over laid his hands on him. God healed the guard. Took all the pain away. He said, wait a minute. I'll see what I can do for you. I'm not telling you a fairy tale. I'm telling you how God is setting this thing up to move for us. It's going to come out of nowhere. It's going to come out of nowhere. Did God not tell us when I was here pastoring that He was going to wake us up in the middle of the night, speak to us a name and an address and a city where to go, tell us to get in the car and drive to that address, drive to that city, and He had already had people there prepared to receive the Word, and He'd move before the devil even knew what was happening. Did He not tell us that? He's still going to do it. He's still going to do it. Because the Lord said He'd have people there prepared Gathered together and praying for to receive the word when you got there. That guard got Tommy Hicks in to see the president, and when Tommy Hicks walked in to see the president, the man's name, look it up in history, the man's name was Juan Perón. The man looked at Tommy Hicks, he he said, The Lord has sent me to your country for revival. The president started crying. He said, I've been petitioning God. For months, for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost on my people. He said, I've been petitioning God. Tommy Hicks started preaching, and in two or three days, he was preaching to 40 and 50 and 60,000. God working miracles, and he stayed for weeks on end, and God shook Argentina with great Holy Ghost revival. In that meeting where I told y'all I was praying, and the Lord spoke to me about the two witnesses. That same meeting, I was praying, I went into a vision. I was standing in a big field in a foreign country, and it was like there was a long dirt road. It was flat and as smooth as you can get a dirt road. And standing in that field was a tribe like African natives. And as I watched that vision, I saw a small jet plane like a corporate jet come in, Land on that road. The door of that corporate jet opened. Three steps unfolded. And I watched myself walk down the steps. And when that jet stopped, that king of that tribe and several hundred people walked up to the doorway of that jet. And as I stepped out, that king fell on his knees and looked up at me with tears in his eyes. He said, help my people. Help my people. You don't know what this God, if we'll submit ourselves in His hands, you don't know what He's going to do. If you'll loose your life in His hands.
and quit trying to hold on to your possessions. Quit trying to hold on to your old religion. Quit trying to hold on. Let me tell you something. You can sing, give me that old time religion if you want to. I want the new thing. I want the new thing. What my mama had was good for my mama's day. What me and you was raised in has been good for our day. But it ain't going to work now. You look around right now, ain't nothing happening. The church is dead. But God ain't dead. Amen. God ain't dead. He's alive. And He's real. And He's powerful. And I appreciate this word tonight. How many of you appreciate this word tonight? Get ready. Get ready. God's going to use you. God's going to visit you. God's going to help you. But you're going to have to submit to Him. You're going to have to do it His way. Amen. You're going to have to do it His way. ain't coming any other way. I can't tell you the power that fell in this place this morning. There ain't no way to describe it. There ain't no way to describe how God moved and what He done in service this morning. But I can tell you lives were truly changed. Ministries were born. Something happened in this place this morning that was totally out of my hands. And see, that's what God wants. He don't want it in your hands. He wants you to be subject, that He can use you and move through you. But it ain't up to you what God does. I think it was late last night. I text Whitney and I said, you find that song I was looking for? Or maybe it's early in the morning. I can't. When did I text you? This morning? I said, you find that song I was looking for? She said, yeah, I found it last night. I said, just be prepared to sing. I didn't know what God's going to do. But when we started service, the Lord told me to have everybody come up front. I had Whitney start singing, and as she sang, Spirit of God, just, just fell. Just fell and started moving. Wasn't in my control. Wasn't in her control either. God's just looking for a vessel that's flexible, that's yielded, that wants to learn to be led by the Holy Ghost. Learn to be led by the Spirit of God. For they that are led by the Spirit of God are what? Sons of God. Sons of God. I'm going to tell you, been a lot of word come out in this revival. Probably going to be a whole lot more. If you ain't got your notebooks, you better be getting the word as it's preached. There's a lot being revealed. Amen. But God ain't going to leave us in the dark. God ain't going to leave us in the dark. Hallelujah. Is anybody here right now, are you sick in your body? I don't want you to come up here and, and ask me to pray for your cousin Susie to get saved. That's what you're supposed to be doing in your prayer chamber. But if you're sick in your body or you got an infirmity, God healed Sister Linda this morning. Okay. What is it? Come here, Sister Patty. Can you? Well, let Sister Patty look at it. Come here and see if you can tell me if this is abnormal.
Is there something out of place? See it? That's abnormal. Raise your hands to the Lord. You believe? See, I believe God. You mind if I share with them what your mama said? Brother Michael's been leaving this service at night driving to Coleman. Spend all night with his mom in the hospital. Christopher says about 4 o'clock this morning. She woke up. Christopher, was she talking to you or both of you? Okay. And she said, your daddy, is that what she said? Said, your daddy John, come to me in a dream. And told me everything's going to be all right. She's been in the hospital for two weeks now, and she's been getting better. I've been praying for her, sent her prayer and she told them about 4 o'clock this morning. She said, told my son, said, your daddy John, your daddy's name is John. He said, yeah. said, come to me in a dream, told me I was going to be okay. That's the book of Acts. That's the book of Acts. I don't remember what year it was, but you remember when I walked in the hospital minister to Lisa? I think she was... Uh, was she uh, was she in labor or was she just was she in labor with one of the boys and she had a severe headache? I mean, going through suffering and she told her, this my sister in law, my brother's wife. She told him, said your brother walked in here and laid hands on me and God healed me. He said my brother ain't within six hundred miles of here. She said I don't care. Said your brother walked in this hospital room. I mean, just in the last little bit. Said your brother walked in this hospital room, laid hands on me, and God healed me. Now I remember there was a missionary named John G. Lake. He went to Africa. He got letters from all over the world that he walked into people's homes, bedrooms, hospital rooms. They're sick and dying. He laid hands on them. God healed them raised them up. That's what Paul said. Whether in the body or out of the body, I know not. Amen. No wonder I so tired this morning. I went all the way to Coleman. Stepped in your mama's. Oh! Create. Create. Oh, my yeah. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come here, Sir Patty. You can, you can see it from where you're at. Bend your head over. See there? Ain't there. Big knot ain't there. Not gone. <laughs> I prayed for a woman in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and I think 95 or 96, she had a big cancer in her throat. When I prayed for her, I told her to swallow. She swallowed, and that thing disappeared. And I said, it there? She said, no, not gone. <laughs> she did. She swallowed it and then passed it. 
Yes, ma'am. Ma'am, thyroid. Do you still have your thyroid? But you take medication, troubles you. And what? Every nerve. I don't know much about thyroids, but I know that thing can sure mess you up. Says Patty, where's the thyroid? Right here. You have pain or discomfort in here? Any kind of swelling or tenderness? It does sometimes. Is it right now? So on each side. My God. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now check it. They sore now, is it? Hallelujah. Go ahead and praise Him. The Lord said, I will confirm my word. That's the word of the kingdom. It ain't nothing else. I will confirm my word with signs following. God ain't going to put His sanction on anything else. Because ain't nothing else going to make a difference except the word of the kingdom. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. got what now? Can you feel it? You believe God's with you? You believe it'll go? You sure? You just seen that knot in the spear off that girl's neck. You just seen God drop that thyroid, take the pain, discomfort out of it. Is it something they can feel, or is it just something you can feel? You feel it, Sister Linda? Put your hand on it. Raise your hands. Come on, raise them hands. Ish, wa, threats of the unseen, cursed at the root. Drop. Drop. Going down. Going down. Getting smaller. Being healed. Being healed. Being healed. Go! Complete. I mean complete. Put your hand back there. Better. Being healed. Hallelujah. It won't be there in just a few minutes. What's God doing? Confirming this word. This word I preach tonight is true. This word I preach tonight is real. God's confirming it with signs following. Don't doubt this word. It's done. It's done. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. See, I didn't, pl- I didn't plan on none of this. I didn't plan on preaching. I didn't plan on what God. I ain't planning what God's done any service. I'm just coming in here and letting the Spirit of God have its way. And I was up there praying, and man, all of a sudden that Spirit of prophecy dropped on me.
if we'll press these next two or three days, I mean really press, press hard, some going to be poured out before we walk out of here. Some going to be poured out on some of you. Amen. So take the limits off of God and take the limits off of yourself. Because God's revealing Himself and doing a new thing. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. The God that spoke by me and gave you the water that you drank when you had the kidney stone and God dissolved it. I feel the hand of God right now just reaching your chest and squeeze that heart. Everything's being put back in the rhythm. He's strengthening the muscles. Everything's being put Be made whole. In Jesus' name. I ain't doing this for a show. God's confirming His Word. I can't remember it many years back. She was at a nursing uh, convention or something or meeting down in Birmingham. She passed out. Got to the hospital. They called me and I ministered to her on the phone. I said, Sister Pat, don't worry. Everything's going to be all right. When they got to the hospital and checked her, boy, was it kidney stone? Was it kidney stone, Sister Patty? And she was here in church about two weeks later. And I just took my water glass. The Lord told me to have her drink it. And she drank it. Kidney stone dissolved and passed. She never had no more, another pain, no more trouble, nothing. You know why? God told me to do it. I, I was obedient to the Lord. And God confirmed His Word. God confirmed His Word. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. I could minister like this all night long if it was the mind and will of God. Hallelujah. Yes, ma'am. You don't know what the cause of it is. Nothing happened. No injury. No accident. Uh huh. Uh huh. Disc. Still can't hardly breathe and move. You remember when I fell off the roof in 2000? Do you know I separated my pelvic bone from the base of my spine all the way down my tailbone that far? I crushed one disc in my back and cracked another one. They never done surgery on me. I still got a disc in my back, man, flat as a pancake. I don't live in pain. 
It don't stop me from doing anything I want to do. But if they x-rayed me, they would find a disc in my back crushed, and they said, we don't understand how you live without pain, but I do. Because God done it. God's done it. This is what a creative miracle is. This is what's separating the old from the new. Raise your hands. This ain't a gift. Y'all hear me? This ain't a gift. This is the creative spirit. Lisa, come here. Sister Linda, let her step right there. Put your hands right there. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to go down her spine. And I loose the pressure on your lungs. Take a deep breath right now. Breathe. Breathe. Jesus' name, breathe. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Believe and doubt not. Jesus of Nazareth makes you whole. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord's in this place. Amen. Don't take lightly the working of the presence and Spirit of God in this place. You don't need to take it lightly. Get your lives in order. (laughs) I believe you got a little drunk there. (laughs) Spirit of God does that sometimes. Feel good? Go ahead. Believe Him. Take, Take it by force. Take it by faith. Defy the devil. Lord done it. I felt it. They felt it. Hallelujah. She ain't driving, is she? Thank God. I'm facing turn this to you, Pastor. Now, won't you know I got utmost respect for you, Pastor? I love him. He's a man of dedication. He's a man God's bringing into a ministry, starting to talk to him, show him things in a depth he's never. And whether y'all realize it or not, God spoke to him and told him that the older President Bush was going to die, and that was a sign of a move of God. And it ain't been that long ago that that happened. So God talks to you, Pastor. Didn't any of y'all go to school when you when you was growing up? Your mom and daddy make you go to school, send you to school? Any of y'all go to school? I ain't talking about times you skip school. But you're supposed to go to school. And you went to school to learn. Well, the church was set up on the day of Pentecost for your edifying, for you to grow in knowledge and wisdom and learning. And to learn, you got to sit under teachers. That's why God's got the structure of the church he's got. That's why he's bringing it back. So we can learn, so we can grow, so we can be edified. But you can't be edified if you ain't here. So I want to encourage you to get in under this Word. Because if you'll get in under this Word, Brother Michael will work with you, Sister Patty will work with you, I'll work with you, my wife will work with you. We'll help you any way we can. 
I can tell you some things keep you making some mistakes I've made. So can Brother Michael and Sister Patty. I don't want to see ministers make mistakes. There's some things you don't need to do wrong. But if you don't listen to teaching, you can do things wrong. You can be sincere in what you're doing, but you can be sincerely wrong. Amen. And I appreciate the Lord. And I'm going to turn it to Brother Michael, and I'm going to let Brother Michael receive the offering. And just cause I, It's just because I'm exhausted. I am totally exhausted. I wasn't planning on putting out all this energy. But you honor the Lord in your giving tonight because God has revealed Himself here. Amen. God has revealed Himself here. And He's confirmed this Word. And He's going to keep confirming this Word. I don't know what God's going to do in the morning, but I'm coming expecting. Amen. I'm coming expecting. Are y'all going to come expecting? All right. God bless you, Brother Michael. Y'all give him a clap offer. You exhausted, Pastor, or what?